0: The House was set to be in recess this week, but those plans have changed as a result of the ongoing temporary partial government shutdown. The Senate returns today, and they'll stay in session through Friday. Last week on the House floor, the House came back to work last Tuesday. They passed two bills under suspension of the rules. On Wednesday, the House passed the rule for consideration of H.R. 3326, the World Bank Accountability Act, and H.R. 2954, the Home Mortgage Disclosure Adjustment Act. Then the House passed H.R. 4258, the Family Self-Sufficiency Act, under suspension of the rules. Then the House passed H.R. 3326, the World Bank Accountability Act. Then the House passed H.R. 4279, the Expanding Investment Opportunities Act, under suspension of the rules. On Thursday, the House passed two rules. Then they passed H.R. 2954, the Home Mortgage Disclosure Adjustment Act. Then they voted on H.R. 195. That's the vehicle for the continuing resolution we'll discuss in more detail momentarily. The CR passed by a vote of 230 to 197. But the House was far from done. After the House passed the CR, they took up and passed H.R. 1660, the Global Health Innovation Act, under suspension of the rules. On Friday, the House voted to table H.R. Res. 705, a resolution to impeach President Trump. The motion to table the impeachment resolution passed by a vote of 355 to 66, so Democrats got eight more votes for impeachment this time than they did last time. Then, as marchers at the annual March for Life walked in the District of Columbia, the House took up and passed H.R. 4712, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. The bill passed by a vote of 241 to 183. Not a single Republican voted against it, while six Democrats pro- car- Crossed party lines to vote for it. Then on Saturday, the House took up HREZ 708, a rule that would allow the House to vote on a measure the same day it was introduced to allow them to move quickly to end the temporary partial government shutdown. That rule passed by a vote of 235 to 170, and then they were done. This week on the House floor, the House was originally scheduled to be in recess this week, but they were in on Saturday and they're in today, and they're probably not going anywhere until. They get a bill from the Senate. That is the continuing resolution. Last week on the Senate floor, the Senate came back on Tuesday. They voted to invoke cloture on S-139, the FISA Amendments Reauthorization Act. The vote to invoke cloture was 60 to 38. On Thursday, the Senate voted to pass S-139. The vote to pass was 65 to 34. On Thursday night, the Senate took up H.R. 195. That's the vehicle for the continuing resolution. By a vote of 97 to 2, the Senate agreed to the motion to proceed. For those keeping score at home, the two no votes came from Republican Senators Mike Lee of Utah and Rand Paul of Kentucky. Senator John McCain of Arizona did not vote. On Friday night, after a day's worth of debate, the Senate moved to invoke cloture and end debate on the continuing resolution. The vote to invoke cloture failed by a vote of 50 to 49. Five Democrats voted to invoke cloture, Manchin of West Virginia, Donnelly of Indiana, McCaskill of Missouri, Heitkamp of North Dakota, and new Senator Doug Jones of Alabama. Meanwhile, five Republicans, Flake of Arizona, Graham of South Carolina, Lee of Utah, Paul of Kentucky, and Majority Leader McConnell voted against cloture. Again, McCain did not vote. For those who were wondering, McConnell voted against the cloture motion so he could invoke a parliamentary maneuver later, and call up the bill with a motion to reconsider. The Senate was scheduled to hold a vote at 1 a.m. last night or this morning, but pushed off that vote until noon today. This week on the Senate floor, the Senate will presumably continue debate on the temporary partial government shutdown, and we'll have an update on that in just a moment. On the earmark front, the House Rules Committee held its hearings with members of Congress last Wednesday and not surprisingly heard a lot of support for the idea of bringing back earmarks. About the only good news to come out of the meeting was hearing Rules Committee Chairman Pete Sessions say that if they brought back earmarks, there would have to be increased transparency to them, like making clear to the public who requested the funds and why. FYI, the word earmarks is now so toxic that during a hearing devoted to discussing whether or not the Congress should bring them back, no one wanted to use that word. So instead, we heard about congressionally directed or member directed spending or specific legislating. Said Sessions, quote, we're not going back to earmarks. We're going back to specifically legislating. Insert your own joke here. On the FBI front on Friday, the FBI let Senator Ron Johnson, the chairman of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, know that the agency had failed to preserve text messages between FBI agent Peter Strzok and his mistress, FBI official Lisa Page. These were the two FBI officials who had exchanged text messages criticizing Donald Trump and who worked for a time for special counsel Robert Mueller. The FBI letter said the agency had failed to preserve text messages between December 14, 2016 and May 17, 2017. Strzok, you may recall, worked on both the Hillary Clinton email server investigation and the Russian collusion investigation. And he worked for Mueller until the Justice Department's inspector general discovered the text messages he had exchanged with Page in which both agents expressed strong criticisms of Trump. The end date of the missing text exchanges is significant. Coincidentally or not, May 17th is the date Mueller was appointed special counsel. Not all the text messages between the two were lost, however. The FBI handed over 384 pages of additional text messages between the two. On the immigration front, Democrats are taking an increasingly hard line in their ongoing negotiations over how to legalize illegal immigrants. Early last week, they said they could no longer deal with the president if he had Arkansas Republican Senator Tom Cotton in the room. By this weekend, they were saying the same thing about White House staffer Stephen Miller. Before long, I predict, they'll be saying that about White House Chief of Staff General John Kelly. Apparently, they don't want to engage in negotiations with anyone who thinks differently than they do. On the other hand, some Democrats seem to be softening their opposition to construction of a border wall. Congressman Luis Gutierrez, Democrat who represents La Raza, for instance, said Saturday that he's willing to yield on the border wall in exchange for legal protections for the so-called Dreamers. Quote, I'll take a bucket, take bricks and start building it myself, he told reporters in the Capitol. Meanwhile, Congressman Mark Meadows, leader of the House Freedom Caucus, said last week that President Trump has promised conservatives that he won't support any immigration bill that doesn't win the support of both Meadows and Senator Tom Cotton on the Russia probe, on Thursday, Republicans on the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence voted to allow their colleagues to see a highly classified report that they say details their concerns over the conduct of senior officials at the FBI and the Department of Justice in the run-up to the 2016 presidential election, specifically regarding the use and abuse of the FISA process by those officials. By Friday, scores of Republican lawmakers had viewed the four-page document, and many began calling for the public release of the document or a declassified version. Some of those who had viewed it suggested it could lead to indictments of senior officials or, at the very least, their firings. Now to the spending front. At 12.01 a.m. Saturday morning, the appropriations that pay for the ongoing operations of the federal government lapsed and the government went into what will be a temporary partial government shutdown with non-essential employees furloughed and not able to come into work. The last time this happened in 2013, 83% of government personnel were deemed essential by their agencies and departments and they continued working without pay until the shutdown ended and they were given their back pay. The 17% of the federal workforce that was deemed non-essential didn't go to work for 16 days either, but they were eventually given their back pay too. The odd thing about this shutdown compared to the last is simple, but no one in either party, to my knowledge, opposes what's actually in the four-week funding bill that passed the House on Thursday afternoon but failed on the Senate floor Friday night. Republicans don't oppose it and Democrats don't oppose it. That's a key difference from twenty thirteen, when Republicans opposed funding the implementation of Obamacare and played a game of chicken with President Obama over funding it. Then, they passed a funding bill that did not contain funding to implement Obamacare, and Senate Democrats refused to pass it. They insisted on funding Obamacare. Eventually, the Republicans caved and agreed to add Obamacare funding, and the shutdown ended. But this time, there's not a single provision in the continuing resolution that's causing opposition. So, why won't Senate Democrats vote for the bill? because it's a must-pass, and they believe the only way they can get what they want on something else is to attach it to a must-pass bill. It's not the Senate they're worried about. It's the House. And what is it they want? Amnesty for illegal immigrants in the form of a legislative fix for recipients of President Obama's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program. In fact, they even want amnesty beyond that. They want amnesty for people who could have received legal status under DACA but didn't apply for permits. President Trump, Majority Leader McConnell, and Speaker Ryan want a deal to provide some kind of legal status to DACA recipients, and they've been negotiating with Democrats for months over some kind of fix, but they don't want that legislative fix attached to a must-pass funding bill, and they've been quite adamant about that to their credit. The continuing resolution that passed the House Thursday would fund the government through February 16. That's four weeks of funding. It also contains a six-year reauthorization of the Children's Health Insurance Program, which would provide funding for health care for nine million lower-income children. And it would delay for two years Obamacare's medical device tax and health insurance tax and Cadillac tax. Those are all sweeteners for Democrats. Over the weekend, after it became clear that neither side would blink in the Senate, some moderates in both parties began talking about a funding bill that would last only through February 8th, three weeks. Majority Leader McConnell introduced such legislation and tried to bring it to the floor for a vote Saturday, but Democrats objected. Leader McConnell set the vote for one AM Monday morning, but then after more discussions Sunday, he tried to move up the vote so it would take place earlier on Sunday evening. In a bid to win votes from Democrats, Leader McConnell said he would consider taking up legislation to provide for a DACA fix by february eighth if no one agreed on if no agreement on DACA had been reached before then. That wasn't good enough for Senate Democrats. They're still worried that without the certainty the DACA fix would pass the House, it would all be for naught. So Schumer said no, and the vote was pushed to noon today. Democrats are playing a losing hand on this. Yes, it's true that public polling shows that there are more people who want a DACA fix than people who don't. That's why the Democrats are taking the position they are. They think it's good for them politically. But the same polls also show that there are more people who don't think it's worth shutting down the government to get the DACA fix than there are people who think it is worth shutting down the government to get that DACA fix. Senate Democrats eventually recognized this. And sometime between last night and this morning, they decided to take Leader McConnell up on his promise of a floor vote on an immigration-related bill by February 8th. So just moments ago, They voted by 81 to 18 to invoke cloture on the motion to concur in the House amendment. The deal everyone just agreed to will reopen the government and fund it until February 8th. In the meantime, the ongoing negotiations will continue over budget caps, defense and domestic spending, immigration, and a long-term budget deal. McConnell did not agree to bring a specific bill to the floor. Instead, he promised to allow a full and fair and open amendment process, so that all sides could have an opportunity to offer their thoughts on immigration reform. While he did not insist that he would only allow on the floor a bill that already had the president's buy-in, he did say it was his hope that the White House would support the legislation. But remember, just because a bill passes the Senate does not mean that it'll pass the House. The House Republican Conference is far more conservative than the Senate Republican Conference on immigration. And nowhere in his deal did McConnell promise that a bill that passes the Senate would pass the House. He didn't even try to guarantee that any Senate-passed bill would get a vote on the floor of the House. In other words, Republican leaders held firm and Democrats caved. The hard left, the so-called resistance, is about to go ballistic. They drew a line in the sand for Democratic leaders, and the Democratic leaders folded on day three of their shutdown. And that's our Washington Report for this week.